Thank you for coming on today's podcast. God bless you. And let's go ahead and pray and open up this session with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Reading for today, June 10, 1 Kings chapter 7. Solomon also built a palace for himself, and it took him 13 years to complete the construction. One of Solomon's buildings was called the Palace of the Forest of Lebanon. It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. There were four rows of cedar pillars, and great cedar beams rested on the pillars. The hall had a cedar roof. Above the beam of the pillars were 45 side rooms, arranged in three tiers of 15 each. Each one and on each end of the long hall were three rows of windows facing each other. All the doorways and doorposts had rectangular frames and were arranged instead of three facing each other. Solomon also built the Hall of Pillars, which was 75 feet long and 45 feet wide. There was a porch in front along with a canopy supported by pillars. Solomon also built the throne room known as the Hall of Justice, where he sat to hear legal matters. It was paneled with cedar from floor to ceiling. Solomon's living quarters surrounded a courtyard behind this hall, and they were constructed in the same way. He also built similar living quarters for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he married. From foundations to eaves, all these buildings were built from huge blocks of high-quality stone, cut with the saws and trimmed to exact measure of all sides. Some of the huge foundation stones were 15 feet long and some were 12 feet long. The blocks of high-quality stone used in the walls were also cut to measure and cedar beams were also used. The walls of the great courtyard were built so that there was one layer of cedar beam between every three layers of finished stone. Just like the walls of the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple with its entry room. King Solomon then asked for a, a man named Huran, Huran to come from Tyre. He was half Israelite. Since his mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali and his father had been a craftsman in bronze from Tyre, Huram, Huram was extremely skillful and talented in any work in bronze and he came to do all the metalwork for King Solomon. Huram cast two bronze pillars, each 27 feet, tall and 18 feet in circumstance. For the tops of the pillars, he cast bronze capitals, each seven and a half feet tall. Each capital was decorated with seven sets of lattice work and interwoven chains. He also encircled the lattice work with two rows 
of pomegranates to decorate the capitals over the pillars. The capitals on the columns inside the entry room were shaped like water lilies, and they were six feet tall. The capitals on the two pillars had 200 pomegranates in two rows around them, besides the rounded surface next to the latticework. Huram set the pillars at the entrance of the temple, one towards the south and one toward the north. He named the one on the south Jackin and the other on the north Boaz. The capitals on the pillars were shaped like water lilies, and so the work uh, on the pillars was finished. Huram cast a great round basin 15 feet across from rim to rim called the sea. It was seven and a half feet deep and about 45 feet in circumference. It was encircled just below its rim by two rows of decorated gourds. There were about six gourds per foot all the way around and they were cast as part of the basin. The sea was placed on a base of 12 bronze oxen, all facing outward, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east, and the sea rested on them. The walls of the sea were about three inches thick, and its rim flared out like a cup and resembled a water lily blossom. It could hold about 11,000 gallons of water. Huram also made 10 bronze water carts, each six feet long and six feet wide and four and a half feet tall. They were constructed with side panels braced with crossbars. Both the panels and the crossbar were decorated with carved lions, oxen, and cherubim. Above and below the lions and oxen were rough decorations. Each of them cards had four bronze wheels and bronze axles. They were supporting posts for the bronze basins and at the corners of the carts. These supports were decorated on each side with carrying off ref. The top of each cart had rounded frame for the basin. It projected one and a half feet. Above the cart's top, like a round pedestal and its opening was two and a half feet. Across it was decorated on the outside with carvings of refs. The panel of the cards were square, not round. Under the panels were four wheels that were connected to axles that had been cast as one unit with the cart. The wheels were two and a feet in diameter and they were similar to chariot wheels. The actual spoke rims and hubs were all cast from mold and brand, bronze. There were handles at each of the four corners of the carts, and these two were cast as one unit with the cart. Around the top of each cart was a rim nine inches wide. The corner supports and side panels were cast as one unit with the cart. Carvings and cherubim, lions and palm trees decorated the panels and corner support wherever they was room and there were rests all around. All 10 water carts were the same size and were made alike, for each was cast from the same mold. Huram also made 10 smaller bronze basins, one for each cart. Each basin was six feet across 
and could hold 220 gallons of water. He set five water carts on the south side of the temple and five on the north side. The great bronze basin called the sea was placed near the southeastern corner of the temple. He also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last, Huram completed everything the King Solomon had assigned him to make for the temple of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two networks of interwoven chains that decorated the capitals, though 400 pomegranates that hung from the chain on the capitals, two rows on pomegranates for each on the chain networks that decorated the capitals on top of the pillars. The ten water carts holding the ten basins, the sea, and the twelve oxen under it. The ash buckets, the shovels, and the bowls. Huram made all these things of burnished bronze for the temple of the Lord, just as King Solomon had directed. The king had them casting clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Sukkot and Saretan. Solomon did not weigh all these things because they were so many. The weight of the bronze could not be measured. Solomon also made all the furnishings of the temple of the Lord, the gold altar, the gold table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of solid gold, five on the south and five on the north in front of the most holy place, the flower decoration lamps and tongues, all of gold, the small bowls, lamps, snuffers, bowls, dishes, and incense burners, all of solid gold. The doors for the entrance for the most holy place and the main room of the temple with their fronts overlaid with gold. So King Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts to his father David had dedicated. He brought all the gifts his father had dedicated David the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasury of the Lord's temple. Wow. That is incredible. That one took seven years, by the way, wow. to, to build. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Solomon's um, own house and palace and everything he did there took 13 years. Wow. And it was a lot bigger than the... the so, I wonder how these projects went along. One got done first and then the other one or something. <laughs> it just seems like a, a huge, massive project. So, I, yeah, I wonder if he... Uh, took seven years and then another 13 or they did did them to I I think he did them together but um, we know today in today's internet somebody has a cartoon you know I'm going to search the internet see if there are any pictures of uh, Solomon's palace and Solomon's home and Solomon's temple sometimes they have these walk you know uh computer images on the internet that we can see of oh, the of, of the, the build of the building. Hmm? So that'll be interesting to search on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I can hardly imagine how all these these water basin it was it was almost like a pool that holds water in it. Eleven thousand gallons of water. That's a lot of water. That's a and that's three and a half inches thick. Can you imagine how much that thing weighed? <laughs> Three inches. I can imagine all these pillars and everything they put in the, in, in there in the temple is was just massive, massive. A 
big round basin 50 feet across, rim to rim, called the sea. That's beautiful. That's probably too beautiful. And you know, that notice that he said his room had 45 rooms, 15 and 51. I can imagine it was a storage room, I guess. You know, uh, it's an amazing uh, work. And one thing you got to remember is that they weren't fighting anybody, so they weren't using their resources to fight, you know, an enemy and all the workforce. Wow. You know, the workforce was available. The nation was not under duress. They, they, they didn't have a common enemy at that time. Uh, other nations were coming and bringing resources and gold to Solomon, and especially to come and see the temple and the things wow. he'd done. Wonderful. You know, one thing that, that I always remember from this story was the Haram, who was such a good craftsman, I mean, the best, right? I mean, um, so he could do all this stuff, but I was reading here in the study, it said that um, the temple needed a large number of practical items for the work of offering sacrifices. So they had to have this massive... Mm thing to do that and keeping up the daily and seasonal worship ceremonies so it was for this reason that they it was it was big um it says rather than going with purely utilitarian designs solomon like moses before him selected an expert so haram was an expert craftsman to oversee the project right but it says here, I like what it says. Hiram was gifted for workmanship, and he had honed his gifts through decades okay, of practice. So, as a result, he was ready for the call of his life, the moment for which he was made, and he had been preparing all along. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on to say, not all of us are Hiram, are right? He, not all of us have that are as gifted for craftsmanship as Hiram was, but rather, no, but each of us has been given unique and important set of gifts that God wants us to use to honor him. We need to look for the gifts God has given us and then work to develop and hone them over time. We may not see what we're preparing for. We may not even know it until after we finished it, but if we're faithful to what, what he has given us, we can certain be certain that God will honor that and will welcome us saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. So yeah, that that's a good word there because we are, we all have gifts. Some is a, somebody's a, the better teacher. Somebody's a better, you know, carpenter. Somebody's gifted at doing plumbing. Somebody's gifted in encouraging others. Someone is gifted in helping others overcome addiction. Someone is gifted in intercessory prayer. Somebody is gifted in pastoring a church. So we all, the wonderful thing is we all, God has given us gifts. And we, we, we need to kind of, um, there's another, another scripture that I'm thinking of. Um, too much is given, uh, much is required. So, you know, we, 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 res- we have our gifts inside. We just got to tap into them and, you know, perfect them a little bit. Um, Whatever that is, whatever the Lord has told you what your purpose is down here on the earth, it could be, you know, a good police officer, a great manager. It could be, um, 
you know, an advocate for the hurting. Um, there's so much that we, we, you know, some of us just have to believe that God will use that. And so um, I like, I, I, this Hiram guy always reminds me of my brother because my brother just can fix a lot of stuff. He's just very knowledgeable and very precise. And, and I agree with what this is saying because he started at a very young age being a mechanic learning and all through these years he's just perfected things um so god bless my brother jesse he's amazing amen okay i'll read acts um we're at acts chapter where am i oh 7 30 to 50 Stephen continues 40 years later in the desert near Mount Sinai an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of the burning bush when Moses saw it he was amazed at the sight as he went to take a closer look the voice of the Lord called out to him I am the God of your ancestors the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Um, then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go for now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior, and by means and many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to pass to us. Amen. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses. Who brought us out of Egypt? So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods in the book of the prophets it's written was it to me you were bringing sacrifice and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness israel no you carried your pagan gods the shrine of molech the star of your god rapan rapan and the images you made to worship them so i will send you into exile as far away as Babylon. 
Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Can you build me a temple as good as that? asked the Lord. Can you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? Amen. That's good. So, so Stephen continued telling the, you know, teaching on all of the events that took place uh, for the Israelites as they moved. Um, he was continued telling the story to 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 the people or to the. I think it, I'm not sure who he's talking to. I forgot. I think he's talking to the. Pharisees or the people there that were um, trying to, to bring him down. Um, so he really is obviously um, a scholar at the Word of God and understanding the stories um, and what God did. And um, so I guess we're, we're going to go into tomorrow, which would make it pretty exciting. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see what I can find from the, the study. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Okay, it, today's study, it says Acts 7, 48 to 50. Stephen had been accused of speaking against the temple. The leading pre, Acts 6, 13. The leading priests and scribes controlled the temple commerce and had a financial interest in maintaining their enterprises unhindered. See Luke 19.45-48. That is why these leaders were so worried about the temple money had become their God. Stephen recognized the importance of the temple, but he knew that it was not more important than God. Good point. God himself had said, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. God is not limited. He lives not only in a house of worship, but also in the hearts of those who are welcoming Him. And that's in Second Chronicles 6.18. Some people think where they go to church is a top priority, but God doesn't want to live in a building. He wants to live in our hearts and lives. Is He living in you? Have you invited Him to fill your life with His presence? Are you walking in fellowship with Him day to day? And and that raises a really good point in that, you know, just because we attend a church service doesn't make us, doesn't give us the friendship and the fellowship. It's, it, you know, the Spirit of God is inside us and, and we just need to tap into the Spirit all the time to find out His wisdom for and to guide us and to, to lead us. Um, you know, everywhere you go, you carry the Spirit of God with you. And you're made in the image of God. So then, then what we do is, um, you know, we encourage others. We, 
we speak life into their situation. We, we teach, you know, when somebody is a new Christian, we kind of, um, you know, teach them a little bit about the word of God for those of us who, who have been, you know, in the word a little bit longer. Um, and, and we continue exercising our faith because, um, you know, God has imparted faith to us and giftings. And um, so it's very important that we remember that he's in our heart. He's our friend. He never leaves us nor forsake us. And, you know, we can, we can say, oh, hey, I went to church. I go to church. I'm a good person. But, you know, really it's developing and nurturing that, that, that relationship with Jesus that gets us the success down here on this earth as it is in heaven. Um, and the more we learn about Jesus and who he is, the more you want to be his best friend. Because he's just amazing and he's just um, constantly wowing you and, and just encouraging you. And you got to be open to seeing, you know, him in places you wouldn't expect. You know, how he speaks to you. And, and um, anyway, that, that was good that, you know, Stefan was, you know, that's something he recognized that they're bringing up here is that you know God is not just in a building he wants to be in our hearts and he wants to be part of our lives and he wants us to connect with them and he wants us to co-labor with them um, in, in situations mm-hmm. and using his word so in Jesus name I love that um, okay so I'll, I'll pray the Psalms here um, it says ask God to help you fear him and follow his ways faithfully okay Psalm 128, 1 to 6 says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing within your home. Your children will be like a vigorous young olive trees. As they sit around your table, that is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. Wonderful psalm. Um, wow, that's just wonderful. You know, when you, I'm just going to say that, um, you just fear the Lord and just know he's amazing and that doesn't mean be afraid of him that means that you're you know worshiping him you know you're worshiping him and you're you're um you're in awe of him versus being afraid that he's going to do something to you no no that's not our God our God is a good God he longs to be kind to you and so um, that's a great time and now Proverbs 16 31 33 says gray hair is a crown of glory it is gained by living a godly life. Wow, beautiful. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. We may throw dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for turning, uh, tuning in today. We appreciate you. We love you. We thank God for you. We hope that you were encouraged and And um, we hope to hear from you tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. Thank you very much. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May 
uh, the rest of your week going into next week that the Lord would just be protecting you and um, encouraging you and loving on you and you know may he keep you from any force of evil in Jesus name amen amen thank you honey uh, Pastor Anna hmm. very good Thank you for coming on. Welcome to today's podcast, June 11th of our 365 daily Bible studies. We're using the New Living Testament. I hope they're they're okay with that. <laughs> and we are enjoying this Bible. It just keeps us in tune. We want to thank God for these New Living Translation uh, people. I believe it's Tyndale, I hope. Anyway, get your copy. It's really extraordinary. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for today's reading. Be with us as this day and this week for your glory and your honor. Let us shine, Lord God. Help us to declutter our minds, our hearts, our, our houses, our souls, and be of more service to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 8. 66 verses. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all of the heads of the tribes, the leaders, and the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early Adam in the month of Ethanim. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all of the sacred items that had been sent in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel, standing before him, and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, 
My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intentions is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made. For I have become king in my father's place, and I now sit on the throne of Israel. Just as the Lord promised, I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And I have prepared a place there for the ark which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Thank you for coming on. Welcome to today's podcast, June 11th of our 365 daily Bible studies. We're using the New Living Testament. I hope they're they're okay with that. <laughs> and we are enjoying this Bible. It just keeps us in tune. We want to thank God for these New Living Translation of people. I believe it's Tyndale, I hope. Anyway, get your copy. It's really extraordinary. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for today's reading. Be with us as this day and this week for your glory and your honor. Let us shine, Lord God. Help us to declutter our minds, our hearts, our, our houses, our souls, and be of more service to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 8. 66 verses. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all of the heads of the tribes, the leaders, and the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the month of Ethanim. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been sent in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel, standing before him, and gave this blessing. 
Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build a temple to honor my name. Your intentions is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build a temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made. For I have become king in my father's place, and I now sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, and I have prepared a place there for the ark which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted up his hands towards heaven and he prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven above and or on the earth below. You keep your covenant and show your unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. But will God really live on earth? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea. O Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said, My name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request from me and your people Israel. When we pray towards this place, yes, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel have, are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your people, Israel, and return them to this land you gave their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, 
And if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive their sins of your servants, your people of Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is a famine in the land or a plague or crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles, raising their hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you, as long as they live in the land you gave to our ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you just as you, your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to the Lord by turning towards the city you have chosen and towards this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to their land far away or near. But in the land of exile, they might turn to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned and done evil and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies and pray towards the land you gave to their ancestors, towards this city you have chosen, towards this temple, I have built to honor your name. Then hear their prayers and their petitions from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them. For they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the ironing, smelting furnace of Egypt. May your eyes be open to my request and to the request of your people Israel. May you, you hear and answer them whenever they cry out to you. For when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt, O sovereign Lord, you told your servant Moses that you had set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth to be your own special possession. When Solomon finished making these prayers and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised towards heaven. He stood and in a loud voice blessed the entire congregation of Israel. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. 
just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant, Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that he gave our ancestors. And may these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him constantly day and night so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to his people Israel according to each day's needs. Then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices to the Lord. Solomon offered to the Lord a peace offering of 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the temple of the Lord. That same day, the king consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of peace offerings there. Because the bronze altar in the Lord's presence was too small to hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings. Then Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters in the presence of the Lord our God. A large congregation had gathered from as far away as Lebo Hamat in the north and the brook of Egypt in the south. The celebration went on for 14 days in all, seven days for the dedication of the altar and seven days for the festival of shelters. After the festival was over, Solomon sent the people home. They blessed the king and went to their homes joyful and glad because the Lord had been good to his servant David and to his people Israel. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Would you like to uh, comment on a few items? <sighs> it's a really good chapter once you... It's kind of long, but... Um... I like the prayers. I think what stood out to me the most was all the prayers uh-huh. that uh, Solomon was was praying. Um, I actually think they're prayers for today, because uh-huh. when I looked and was what I noticed was every time he said, "Well, first of all, let's go back to the beginning." The beginning said that the Lord pray. Okay. And number 15, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father, David. Um, so it, it seemed to me that one of the things I also noticed in the writings here is that God keeps his promise. Yeah. You know, Amen. and so I Beautiful. think that, that we have to, you know, God makes you a gives you a prophetic word. He you read in the word here that he, he's promised this in the word that healing came through the cross. He promises to forgive you all of these covenants that he's made. 
um, promises that he's made, then I, I just, we got to stand on that, right? If he says that you're going to walk in peace, you're going to walk in peace. If he says that greater things are you going to do, Jesus said that, you know, greater, greater things are you going to do because he went to the Father, that's the way it's going to go down. So we just have to remind ourselves that God does not change. Uh, we have to remind ourselves that um, he's not a liar, okay? And um, he, he does perform his word. You know, what he's promised in his word, he will fill. One of the things that helps, though, is decreeing and declaring and calling out the word, you know, praying the word. Um, because I, one of the part in Acts that I just recently learned a really good scripture is the one about um, where God, or is actually in Mark or Matthew, when he sends the disciples out, uh, and it, the word, it says, the Lord working with them and confirming his word. So now when I'm praying, like, well, God, you know, I'm going to speak your word and you're going to confirm it. You know, if I'm praying the Lord's, uh, my, uh, is my family shepherd and I'm calling people out, I'm now believing that word is going to come to pass for me because I'm speaking it forth. It's the word of God. The scripture says that it'll never return void. So that's one of the, the, the things that I noticed. Um, but yeah, these prayers are so powerful. I just want to maybe write them out, put them on the house, post them to remind me but um if you if you go further as he's giving more prayers um uh he says if someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocent in front of your altar in the temple then hear from heaven all of these prayers saying that we're going to hear from heaven on these things so that's one thing you know that stuck out with me is that heaven's going to work. I'm going to hear from heaven. So I better expect that. Right. And I think, um, you know, you go through some of these things, somebody's offended somebody, you know, you have a drought. What would it be like right now if we all prayed so we could hear from heaven about this drought, knowing that we're going to get an answer, right? Or even about forgiveness. If there's a famine in the land, if there's a shortage of food, you know, uh, in Africa or wherever you see more of it. But the point I'm making is that it, it could be a drought, a famine, um, forgiveness. Uh, somebody comes to your country, they need help. Um, it just says, you know, when you need to repent, if somebody sinned against the Lord, you come back and you turn your head back towards God. It says they turn with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies and pray toward the land you gave their ancestors you know forgive them they're going to hear from heaven so that's the one thing that i really took away was you know it just popped out it was like we will hear from heaven when we petition heaven and the lord and he's good to his word and his promise you can stand on it you can bank on it in jesus name amen amen thank you so much boy that is uh good observation girl yeah yeah the prayers and yeah you covered just about every area i have a couple of ones that the god like uh, solomon knew the man's heart even his own heart he even prayed on verse 56 says praise the lord praise the lord who has given rest to his people of uh -huh, israel uh -huh. just as he promised yes not one word has failed uh -huh. of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. Yes. And right here, may the Lord our God be 
be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Mm -hmm. May he give us the desire to do his will Amen. in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations he gave our ancestors. So, the desire to do the will for us, thank you, Jesus Christ. He made it so easy for us to comply. Okay, when I see here, commands, decrees, regulations, mm -hmm. uh, it, thank you, Jesus Christ, for allow us that we are able to engage easily, because now, because he's, he's our high priest that went into it and satisfied all the requirements of the law, for, for us to go into the temple. He was the Lamb of God, sinless Lamb of God, that allow us to enter into the Holies of Holies into where the covenant of God is most high. We are like high priests now. We are saints because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So we have access to the one in heaven, the Father. Now, here's my point. When we pray for others, and Jesus prays and heals others through us, May God be glorified and God be feared and honored of this great power. We really don't understand the word fear, but when you when you have a power that heals an ailment, and the, the wisest, the truest wisdom is to fear that power. I said, wow. You know, even God says in his word, he goes, uh, don't fear this. Fear the one who can throw you into hell for eternity. <laughs> I mean, you know, fear, fear the one who's got the power. Fear him by us seeing him do remarkable things. You know, as I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit switches gears to me. He wanted me to let you know that he has given us peace, like he gave Israel peace at the time of Solomon. They weren't fighting with their neighbors. And, and they, 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 we spoke about that yesterday, that they were allowed to build a temple, take the resources, all the fighting men, and become carpenters and supervisors and, and build a temple. The point I'm making, he's done that to us. He has put us in a position where we have time to do this uh, and to be able to have peace with our, the, the battle of the uh, discouragement. We act like we're happy, and we get happy. The battlement of bills that says no bill can eat our lunch because we have Jesus Christ that has defeated it. So a lot of his promises have come true in our lives as we just read them here. And now the desire is to stay in his will and to do that. Anyway, I'm, I just want to. I just want to have one more point. I'd like to ask Anna is. That we look to the east to his temple and pray. You know, most of my prayers are always looking to the east. What do you say about that? I have two questions. He says he brought the ark from somewhere and placed it in Jerusalem. And uh, he took it from the from the city of David of Zion and brought it over to the new place. Uh, and he, Amen. And then the Lord has spoke that, and now the Lord has fulfilled his promise he made. What do you think? Maybe that's for another another uh, yeah, uh, the one, another question. Yeah, the one, the one, yeah, if you don't have any more on that, I'll, I'll 
just bring up the closing of the prayer that you just talked about in 56. Okay. Um, it says, um, yeah, I'll start with 59. And may these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him constantly. Okay? Uh -huh. Day and night, so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to his people, Israel, according to each day's needs. Okay? It says, then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there's no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, what we pray, you know, let's pray that what we pray, the promises of God and the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um that these things stay in in God's um, constantly, day and night, that the prayers are, you know, uh, are before him. And um, to bring that justice that we, that we need sometimes down here, um, the justice when somebody has wronged us or we're going through something legal, you know, and it's, it's the case you're innocent, you know, things like that. There is a justice system that God operates by, and we want to access the justice system uh, in those times. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, I, I like it. Um, you got to call on, on justice to come, you know, when, when you, and, I, and I've gone through that, so I know it does work when it happened to my niece. Um, so... One last thought is that, um, let's see. Amen. Then people are going to see with, through the testimony that happens to you when, uh, when something <clears throat> has taken place and it's an injustice, we can bank on the fact that God is going to, he's a God of justice is what I'm trying to point out. You know, And when something's wronged, make no mistake, it's not escaping him. You Amen. Know? Amen. Um, some sin cannot continue. You know, if it's against the justice system. Amen. Uh, you're right. Uh, may he give us a desire to do his will. He gave us Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and he wrote his laws in our hearts. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit just allowed me to think that. And that he lives in our hearts. So now we have the desire, and that desire is love. And there's about a billion of us that have given our lives over to Jesus Christ. And you see, you see the desire is to keep contact with our Heavenly Father. Yes, yes. And do not lose that contact. You know, when we lose that yeah. contact, we're not, when I do, I'm not pouring in. And I feel like God is not listening to me. That's a taste of hell, folks. To be disconnected from your Heavenly Father is what happened on the cross when Jesus said, My Father, my Father, thou hast forsake me. Um. And then he went down for those three days. But he probably kept repeating to him scripture. Jesus loves me. He had to be singing some kind of uh, repeating words of life as he went through a hard situation through the hell and brought us the keys of the kingdom. Amen. Yeah, and just in closing on this is that, um, you know, uh, then the people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. Okay, so this has given us the opportunity to stay connected, like you said, Fernando. I like the way you said that, and um, you know, Jesus is the way to do that.
Amen. All right, honey, thank you so much. Let's go ahead and move on to phase two, part two. Okay, Acts chapter 7, verse 51, 8 to 13. And this is a continued um, sermon or preaching or calling out the, the leaders from the previous day. Um, and it, it says, You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the, the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one. The Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by uh, Stephen's accusation, <clears throat> and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then he put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off the coats, their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Wow, this is powerful, Lord. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed, lame, were healed. Or paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer for many, many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. 
They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and the great miracles Philip performed. Amen. <clears throat> Let's see here. Um, wow, it's really, really a good, a good reading today. Um, as as they continued, um, you know, it's. It seems as if the leaders became angry with what Stephen was preaching. He was preaching the word of God, and, you know, the scripture says he was manful, a manful of grace, but, you know, and he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, because it says here in the beginning, um, the, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. They shook their fists in rage. And it says here in 53, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And um, so they stoned him. And... Um, Look, I, I like the comparison here with Jesus because um, it says here, Stephen prayed, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit, right? He saw Jesus and he asked him to receive his spirit. Now, didn't Jesus also at the cross say to the Father, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit um, when he was dying? And also... Um, it says here that he felt, uh, Stephen fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And so isn't that kind of what Jesus said at the cross also when he said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. So I think, those are, I mean, that's where we're seeing Jesus here. And the fact that he was a man full of the Holy Spirit, when he saw Jesus, Jesus was standing in the place of honor, um, with God at the right hand and remember once Jesus completes the work he's sitting at the right hand of the Father you know how the scripture says um, uh, um, uh, let's see I don't know where I was going to go with this but um, yeah anyway uh, he is sitting now in a place of rest at the right hand of the Father you know running this universe and this earth and um, I, I just really like those two comparisons that stood out comparing um Jesus there and what he does at the cross but anyways Stephen was a man of grace and full of the Holy Spirit and he man if this isn't forgiveness if somebody has wronged you for something they talked about you or they took money from you or they they stole something from from you they cheated you they they you know whatever that is you know it happens in families a lot and you know this uh, Stephen had you know was easy to forgive the fact that they were stoning him to death. I think we could find it in our hearts to forgive. And I'm speaking to myself because for many, many years I had a problem 
not forgiving people and I would wait months before I would talk to him again and the people knew that was my reputation oh she's not going to talk to you for a long long time and then that was true but until um you know after I got married um I got had a situation that came from the family member and it was not easy but to this day I mean I I'm now can see that that was a test for me to to get this unforgiveness out and to begin to forgive more freely and you know so it turned out to be a blessing even though it was um you know it was hurtful coming from the family so anyways we need to look at those offenses that um bother us um little things petty things that happened you know uh where the wherever it's a workplace and the customer talked to you wrong over the phone whatever that is we got to let things go um anyway uh, enough about that but um I wanted there was one more point here that the the leaders did not believe the truth um, of what Stephen was preaching, and I believe that they didn't want to know the truth, and they weren't open to the truth. So therefore, they got mad about that because it didn't line up with the way their way of thinking. And um, we got to be careful about that in this time that we're living in. Also, that we just learn to discern what the Holy Spirit guides us. Because remember, Jesus in the Book of John said that the Holy Spirit will is, is coming once Jesus, you know, ascends. You know, He's sending the Holy Spirit upon us. So um, once that happens, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into all truth. You know, we have to we have to not be closed-minded about something. We have to learn to see what is the Holy Spirit talking to us individually about that situation, you know, and not just align ourselves with the news or with man or with, you know, whatever somebody is trying to convince you of. You know, go with what the Word of God says and go with what the Holy Spirit dictates. So anyways, that, that's all I wanted to say here. Uh, Fernando, do you have any comments? Uh, I guess I guess that's that'll that'll do it for today. Um, thank you, um, thank you everyone for coming and for listening. And we we pray you were blessed by the Bible study. We pray that that um, that you continue to do Joshua one eight and nine. You know, therefore, do not let the book of the, the law depart. Uh, meditated on it day and night and therefore you will find your way successful okay um and we pray that you continually uh pray about everything and keep thanking god for what's going on in your life no matter how hard it is and keep praying and believing you're going to hear from heaven you are going to you are going to see the promises of god come come to pass in your life in your family's life in your children's life but we, we, work, we take the word of God and we work with that. And the Lord will confirm his word according to the scriptures. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I was wondering if later on you can do a full study of uh, Stefan's life for us. Like, read the whole thing at one time and do oh. another commentary. I'll, oh, I'll like the you. whole from the thing? Maybe yeah. go back and forth from these chapters? Well, just read the whole thing. You know, Stefan's life at one shot. In other words, not with a combination. We just start. Oh, like just going from the just the that part Acts, the Book of Acts. Yeah. Actually, the Book of Acts. I was just like, this is powerful Book of Acts. I mean, you know, when I when I saw what he had done there, just 
it just blessed me to hear that he's telling the people, you know, not to charge them with that sin. Here they are stoning them. Oh my goodness, it makes us look at what we go through in life down here with these little petty offenses. We got to let those things go. We got to. Amen. Um, the other thing that's pointed out really good on that Bible is exactly what um, Paul, Saul. Yes, I didn't get into that. Vicious is almost like, um, you know, going from door to door like a Nazi, you know, like a Gestapo yes. terrorizing people. Yes. How, how do they know they were Christians and not Christians, you know? And he drag them out of their homes and they disperse through all over there. You talk yes. about persecution. Yes. And the whole town got into it. Let's get rid of these Christians. Yes. Boy, I tell you, that was a lot of fear to have people come. You know, everybody knows we're Christian here. We're passing books all over the place and everything and stuff. And we're uh, praying for people. God bless you. There is a lot of mounting persecution for Christians in the United States. Yeah. I hear. I hear. Yeah. Uh, well, there is mounting definitely when we hear it internationally. And I think, I think you know, there will come a time. You know, there is persecution in your own family when they see you studying the Word of God and they see you doing things differently. So, yes, I, you know, the, you know, it's rampant in the United States when you're not a believer in Christ, right? Amen. Uh, you know, it's it's in your own backyard. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord has his promises, especially in Psalms, reading them on a daily basis. Yeah, you know? and Proverbs. It keeps you, uh, says, you know, no harm will come to your house. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we stay with the Word, speaking properly, the words, the God's promise and everything will uh, have us cost to save the ones that are need to be saved. Yes. The ones God has called out. Yes. Amen. Let's, let's, amen. Let's go ahead and move on and finish up the, uh, oh, the songs. songs I, I was closing and we're not done yet. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I'm moving too fast. Okay. Psalm 129. Keep in mind other believers who are being persecuted for their faith and pray that God will set them free to serve him with joy. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. Let all Israel repeat this. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. But they have never defeated me. My back is covered with cuts. As if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut me free from the ropes of the ungodly. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat. May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half grown. Ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder, and may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord will the Lord bless you. We bless you in the Lord's name. And in Proverbs 17:1, better a dry Crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. Amen. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for coming in and listening to today's podcast. And thank you, Anna, for reaching into the Holy Spirit and getting this accomplished for us. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to have the time and the listeners. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.